Hello and welcome to Free America. Today is Sunday, December 12th. The year is 2021 and I'm Nick Yaya, your host for the Free America podcast. And once again, welcome. And I uh, first of all, I want to apologize. Today we were supposed to have a very special guest, Pastor Arthur Palowski, whom you might remember is the Canadian pastor who ordered the Nazis to get out of his church last year. That was uh, it was quite a scene, and he was quite an inspiration to many people all around the world for standing up against authoritarians that uh, seem to be ebbing away at our freedoms left and right. And in this case, was the uh, the right to practice religion, our religious freedoms, as is recognized as a, in most of the Western world as a fundamental right, as a fundamental human right. And so kudos to him. Uh, unfortunately, we had a scheduling conflict and Pastor Arthur will not be able to join us today, but we're going to get him back on the show as soon as possible. So today you're stuck with me, but fortunately I've got a really great show lined up for you today. And I, I like doing these shows where it's just me, where we don't have a guest, where I can sit down and I can talk with you at an extended for an extended period of time and, and cover some of these uh, these news stories in a little more in-depth. So I really do believe you are going to enjoy what I have lined up for you today. Uh, we've got some, some good news, some bad news, and of course, always some exciting and new things that are happening in our world, mostly related to COVID, but uh, some, some things unrelated to COVID. But at the end of the day, you're going to walk away more informed and have the tools that you need to fight back against this tyranny. And uh, you're going to have some great links to share, some videos, some some excellent news stories, and other things that that uh, I think are going to help you get a better understanding of what we're facing and how to fight back against it. So, uh, to start with, as always, I do like to encourage people to uh, visit the Free America podcast, where you can learn about this episode as as well as others. You can share them with your with your friends and family. Uh, you can also find links to the several different podcast outlets. So if you like to take this with you on the go, this is where you can do that. And of course, we also have our social media links right here through uh, Gab and MeWe, as well as alternative video sites where you can watch the Free America podcast. In fact, Rumble is what we have embedded here. If you look down on the, under the previous episodes and special reports, um, you'll see that these are Rumble files. And so uh, you can either click on that, that view channel for Rumble and, and go right there and see all the videos and then share them that way. Um, or you can direct somebody here to the website where they can view these videos themselves. And as you'll see here, um, to the right of previous episodes and special reports, uh, there's a new button here called View Season 1. Now, this is currently under construction. Um, I'm making it easier to find episodes by breaking them into seasons. So these will be 18 episode seasons, 18 episodes per season, uh, just to clarify that. And so far we will be up to season four. So that way, uh, you know, you get a, you, you, you more easily find what you're looking for. All right. Well, that being said, let's move on to the news. So, um, Great news out of study in Israel. A new study suggests natural immunity is more protective over time than COVID-19 vaccine. The study is one of many that suggests those with natural immunity are in the single best protected group 
against infection and severe illness from COVID-19. Well, this is something that we've known for a while. This is essentially common sense that uh, natural immunity is far exceeds any acquired immunity that you can get from one of these COVID vaccines. And as has been proving uh, more and more so over, over time as they continue to call for increased dosages of this vaccine, what they call booster shots or top-offs, as they call them over there in the UK. And I, I believe now uh, in Israel, they are up to four or five shots right now. And they would know better than anybody that these things aren't working and that natural immunity is far superior. So in this article is a link to the study, uh, which I will leave up here so that you can read the study for yourself, but we won't go into that right now. Uh, but it, it says that um, uh, according to a new study out of Israel, the immunity in individuals experience after recovering from COVID-19 is better than the protection experienced by individuals following in immunization against the virus. Scientists who looked at the country's health database over a number of months found that COVID infections and severe illness were higher among individuals who were vaccinated than those who recovered from the illness, those with natural immunity. And again, this does not come as a surprise to uh, many of us. Um, they are, uh, I, I want to point now to an article from the CDC that essentially says that 79% of all U.S. Omicron cases have occurred in vaccinated individuals. So it seems as if there's a consensus in the scientific community that determines that these vaccinations really don't work. And in fact, they are far worse for your health than never having been vaccinated at all. And the best you can do is acquire natural immunity and uh, which is getting COVID and recovering from it, from which you have a 99.97% chance of surviving. And that's the thing that, that really baffles me is that was announced early on during this whole pandemic, yet people panicked. People uh, you know, ran to listen to whatever the government was telling them to do, which is you know, lock down or close down their business or wear masks or social distance or any of these other measures that have been proven completely ineffective at, at, at stopping the spread of the virus, as has been evidenced in uh, numerous studies. We're talking in, in, the, in, the, in the dozens of studies now that, that show that masks don't work. And in fact, they are bad for your health. Um, and as we've been saying all along, these vaccines are dangerous. They're experimental. They are a drug with unknown long-term side effects, but we do know the short-term side effects now, which are increasing numbers of people with conditions involving the heart, such as pericarditis or myocarditis. And and uh, numerous other uh, conditions such as Guillain-Barre and, and, and other things that cause para paralysis, neurological disorders, blood clots, pulmonary embolisms, which are blood clots in the lungs. So uh, people are far more likely to suffer from any one of these other maladies after having taken the vaccine than those who didn't, right? So those, those rates are far above the normal incidence of of uh, those types of maladies occurring, according to statistics. So st statistically speaking, they're they occurring more often in, in the vaccinated than not. 
And now it shows that uh, people who are vaccinated are more likely to acquire the virus. Now, why is that? Well, uh, a lot of scientists and doctors and a lot of people that I follow here on the show have indicated that this vaccine uh, not only causes uh, serious side effects and death in many people, but it, it also uh, it depletes the immune system. It attacks the immune system, attacks your helper T cells, and, and, and essentially creates what's known as antibody-dependent enhancement. So what that is in layman's terms is the, your, your body's antibodies enhance the virus. And, and that virus is dependent upon them to do that, right? So essentially, as was described by Del Bigtree, uh, these are like bouncers at a nightclub who would normally keep out the bad guys, right? But instead, these bouncers invite the bad guys in and get them uh, straight to the VIP booth where they, they can destroy the entire nightclub and they set the place on fire and you're done. So that's what is happening with these vaccines. And I feel bad for people out there who have been vaccinated. I have members of my family. I have friends who have taken the vaccine for one reason or another, even after I've spent a great deal of time warning them about this. And um, I've given them strategies to mitigate the effects of the vaccine, the, uh, the antibody-dependent enhancement, otherwise known as ADE. And one of those things to do is keep your immune system healthy. So that involves taking vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and also quercetin, which is a naturally occurring substance, which is found in uh, apple peels, believe it or not, and can be bought over the counter at any vitamin store, any health food store uh, where you might be. And so that works the same way quercetin does. It works the same way as hydroxychloroquine. It's what's known as a zinc ionophore, and it opens up a zinc channel into your cells, which uh, then prevents the virus from replicating. It prevents the RNA from uh, taking hold in the cell and then replicating the virus. So uh, that's that's the regimen that I've recommended to my friends and family. Of course, I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I just want to make that clear. But this is something that has been proposed by many different doctors and scientists who are, are far more educated in this than I am. And I, and I trust them. I trust these people, people like Dr. Zelenko, Zeb Zelenko. He has a, a combination therapy called Z-Pack. You can look that up and it's all in one package, in one, in one pill. So you don't have to go everywhere and find these things or take multiple different pills. So uh, I, I, will, I will put a link uh, to Dr. Zelenko's website for Z-Pack in the show notes section of this podcast. Okay, so moving on. Um, Good news out of United States, a Trump-appointed judge blocks Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for federal contractors nationwide. And the reason this is good news is because originally it was only in certain areas of the United States. But this affects a large number of people across the country. And uh, this also, I believe, will have an impact on our uh, military. There was also a ruling from another judge with specific regard to our military. But um, anybody that does business with the federal government now um, 
which includes airlines like United, who are still trying to force over 2,000 employees to take the jab. Um, this will prevent them from, from doing that. So a federal judge on Tuesday blocked Joe Biden's vaccine requirement for federal contractors nationwide. Judge Stan Baker of the U.S. Court for the Southern District of Georgia, a Trump appointee, issued a preliminary injunction against Biden's vaccine mandate. And the lawsuit, which was brought by South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson and South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, along with other Republican attorneys general, argued Biden's vaccine mandate violated the 10th Amendment. The lawsuit also argued Biden's vaccine mandate is unconstitutional because only Congress is allowed to make rules. Well, well, well. Finally, a judge that recognizes the the structure of our government, the, of the three uh, the three parts of government here in the United States. You have the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the ju- judicial branch. And each one of those o- operate interdependently. And one cannot uh, take on the responsibilities or, or, or abilities of the other. And that's exactly what we've, we've seen over the last couple of years. We've seen members of the executive branch, whether that's at the federal level or at the state level or even the city and county level, taking matters into their own hands and essentially legislating without legislative approval. There are unilaterally just making rules and making mandates and making laws, which is completely illegal. And I, I am I'm really surprised that it took this long for a judge to stand up and put a stop to this nonsense. So this is this is great news. And this is something that should be celebrated. And hopefully this will set precedent for other rulings um, with regard to uh, other areas of interest or, or different industries and so forth. So uh, kudos to that judge for doing that. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's from our, our hypocrite file. And as we, we brought you last week, I'm starting to a new hypocrite portion of the podcast. This one is a, a member of parliament in, in Britain who claims she feels unsafe around maskless people, but is pictured partying maskless with people. So uh, this is just, this is, these people are fools. They're making fools of themselves and they're making fools of their, of their, of their policies. They're making, you know, they're, they're making their policies irrelevant because they say to do one thing and they do another. Now, if, if this virus was so deadly and so dangerous, do you think these people such as this MP would be out partying maskless with thousands of other people? Um, her name is Zara Sultana, and she says, I feel incredibly unsafe in the chamber when Tories don't wear a mask. Well, that sounds a lot like what the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi are doing here in the United States. Very same thing. And they're trying to actually lock members out from participating in their in their duties. So, um, in fact, I, I, I would bring it up, but I don't remember, recall the exact state. There's a state here in the United States where um, they're bringing in the National Guard to prevent Republican lawmakers from entering the Capitol to conduct their business if they're not vaccinated. All right. So this is getting rather serious, but on, on a funnier note, just look at the hypocrisy here of this lady. Uh, 
Uh, here she also says, "Here's me at a packed MOBO awards without a mask in sight." I mean, she even <laughs> she even admits it and and put and posts pictures. And not only are these people hypocrites, they're idiots. What kind of idiot? on the one hand, says that people need to wear masks and then goes out, parties without a mask with in, in close proximity to other people and then takes photos of it. And then on top of it, posts photos of it. I, I, I don't understand how these people are even in office. Who, who is voting for these people? And I have a strong suspicion that not only is the, the, the voting process been corrupted here in the United States, but I think it's been corrupted worldwide. I think they've, they've, rigged it to where they can put whoever in whenever they want and uh and they know they can do it which is why they do stupid stuff like this right because they know that no one will vote them out because they control the vote so it looks as if uh, democracy may be crumbling and our faith in the elections is going with it and i'll tell you what uh i do not have a lot of faith in our elections i know we've got one coming up here in 2022 which are uh, known as the midterm elections. And that's supposed to be a big, uh, you know, a, a big overturning where, you know, supposedly the Republicans are going to take back control of the house and, and Democrats will be put, you know, on their, on their heels. And uh, I don't have a lot of faith in it. I really don't. I don't have a lot of faith in that or our, our presidential elections. And it's, it's becoming increasingly apparent that we're going to need to, change some things here in the United States and around the world when it comes to representative government. And as was noted in our founding documents, that the government here in the United States, their number one job is to protect our rights and uphold the rights that were granted to us by our creator. And it says that when the government becomes destructive of these ends and no longer serves that purpose, it is our duty to either alter it or to abolish it and institute a new form of government. And we're rapidly approaching that state, that stage. Um, now, I, I'm not calling for overthrowing the government. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I do think that there is a civil way of approaching this in which we can alter our form of government. I, I've suggested previously uh, utilizing the blockchain as a way to verify votes and, and who voted, um, of course, anonymously, but uh, would, would be able to lock that into a blockchain ledger, which is, as, as you may or may not know, is agreed upon by the entire community. Everybody that is on the blockchain, everybody that has a computer that is processing, uh, keeps a copy of this ledger. And so it's impossible to manipulate it, to, um, to change it. And so hopefully... We can utilize something like that to uh, to bring back free and fair elections, uh, which uh, we've had anything but. And uh, as is evidenced uh, by the fact checkers, I'm going to pull, pull this this uh, article up next. Facebook finally admits that its fact checkers are nothing more than someone's opinion. I. <laughs> Now they tell us, right? They could have said something 
uh, back during the, the, the elections, the 2020 elections, that it was their opinion that the elections were fair and free and the most open and honest elections in U.S. history. Well, we knew that that was someone's opinion, but they were stating it as fact. They were also stating it as fact that um, that that masks don't that masks work and that that vaccines are safe and effective when, in fact, those were just somebody's opinion. So I encourage you and I'm I'm uh, engaging in this on New Year's Eve. I'm going to delete my Facebook account. I put out a message to all of my friends and, and followers on Facebook that I will be deleting my Facebook account as of 11.59 p.m. New Year's Eve. That's December 31st. And the reason for doing so is manyfold. One is what you're looking at right here, that uh, that they they actively suppress truth and they they um, you know, violate our right to to communicate with other people by censoring us and silencing us. But in addition to that, what's even more evil from this company is that they they sell advertising on the content that we create. So every time that you post something on Facebook, or whether that's a story or your photos of your dog or or whatever, um, that goes into the feed and other people view. And as they scroll through the feed, there are ads. All right. So much like a television station, which which uh, produces and 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 displays content in the form of television shows, they then turn around and sell advertising. So in between the show, these ads pop up and that's how they make money. That's the business model. That's Facebook's business model. So my question to you is, why would you continue to give content to a company that turns around and uses it and uses the money they generate against you to silence you to, and in the case of the 2020 election, um, contribute $400 million across the United States to different election committees and, and, um, and different groups that were involved in accounting of, of the ballots and so forth. Um, to oh, the, the, to overturn the election, to to steal an election. I'm going to say it. I will not stop saying. It. I don't care what YouTube says because I'm no longer on YouTube for that very reason. See, YouTube doesn't allow me to speak my opinion, right? Much the way you know Facebook doesn't allow me to speak my opinion, but they allow fact checkers to speak theirs. So screw them. Cancel your account. Start, start with the messages now. Let people know that, hey, in a couple of weeks, this account is going to be gone. And you can follow me on alternative places like Gab or Parler or MeWe. And you'll find those links um, for me or, well, for the Free America Podcast at the freeamericapodcast.com website. So we have a Gab channel set up. And, and I encourage you and many other people to do the same because these people are, are foul, they're corrupt, they're evil. And there's no reason why we should be giving them any more of our money or any more of our attention. And, and, and another horrific example of that is a skit from Saturday Night Live. And this last week, 
I don't watch the show anymore because they've just simply gone extremely left. They've gone totally political. It's no longer funny anymore. It's just, it's almost a, it's almost a shadow of its old self. It's a mockery of what was once a great show for many decades. And now it's just become a shell of its former self. But I mean, in a disgusting display, as I, this is the only way I can describe it, is a Saturday Night Live hip hop nativity skit shows baby Jesus twerking. Mary as a stripper and baby daddy Joseph with a pimp walk. And you look at this photo. It's just disgusting. And they're mocking Christians. They're mocking religion. They're mocking something that's very sacred to a lot of people. Of course, the 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 holiday of Christmas has been commercialized over the year, which is over the years, which is sad. It's sad to see. Uh, that it's gone so far from what it originally was intended to celebrate, which was the birth of Christ, who um, was a great man and the son of God. And, and his teaching has, through millennia, shaped um, you know, societies, has shaped modern, uh, modern ways of, 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 of doing things, even, even law has been based on these Judeo-Christian values that were outlined in the Bible and um, and used as part of our uh, founding of here, the United States, of course, and of many other Western nations. But it's just really disgusting to see how they just throw it in our face and mock us. I mean, this is satanic, folks. This is the kind of stuff that satanic people do. This is how this is how satanic people operate. Um. Yeah, it, it's it, the, the article goes on to say there's nothing too low for the degenerates at Saturday Night Live. The cowards at SNL would never dare do a skit like this on Muhammad or Islam. Of course not. Just they would get they would get suicide bombed for doing that, you know? And they 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 would have guys rushing the studio and cutting people's heads off. Luckily, Christians aren't that violent or else uh, they might be in some trouble. But uh, the skit goes on to say, times are changing and we can't do the normal boring pageant this year. One of the teachers said, too old school, too boring, okay? This year we're switching it up. And this first part of the nativity pageant rehearsal has Joseph referred to as a baby daddy, which means that he is the uh, unmarried father of a child being taught how to walk like a pimp, which is also uh, a woman abuser and a sex trafficker. So now they're they're besmirching the name of Joseph, uh, and later on the, in the rehearsal, baby Jesus is told to focus on his twerking. This is disgusting. And then, as Jesus is twerking, the teachers encourage Mary to dance on a candy cane stripper pole. And I'm not going to show you the video because I, I just might end up punching the screen. But look at these people. There they are. These are the satanic pedophile worshipers that are are uh, are on our screens these days. So just another reason to turn off your television, turn off mainstream TV, turn off cable news, turn it all off. All right, you can you can you can I what I do is I watch I watch films and I watch TV shows that I find interesting or don't delve into these, these disgusting practices. 
and you can find them on on uh, different streaming services. They, they have a, a, a whole host of different streaming services now where you can choose what you want to watch, not just what is fed to you by these, these sick, evil people. So stop giving them your eyeballs and, and generating ad revenue for them by watching their crap. Because this is crap. It's not, it's not even funny. It's disgusting. And shame on every single one of these people, the writers, the actors, the producers, everybody included, and the NBC executives. Shame on all of you. Really. Shame. Okay. So, boy, uh, here's something that we also knew a long time ago, but we'll, 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 we'll bring it up anyway. Um, this is out of the Gateway Pundit. The big lie. The powers that be overcount COVID deaths and undercount vaccine deaths, all for money and power. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. We knew they were doing that a long time ago. They were using these PCR tests with 94% false positives to essentially label everybody as COVID positive um, and were listing people that were brought into hospitals as having COVID when they didn't have COVID or they tested positive, a false positive for COVID, but they didn't have COVID or people that died of COVID or, or didn't die of COVID, they died with COVID or maybe just with the false positive of COVID. Right. They were dying from heart attacks. They were dying from cancer. They were dying from car accidents and gunshot wounds and suicides and drug overdoses. Yet all of these deaths were listed as COVID deaths, all to pump up the numbers, to pump up the fear. Right. You see how that works? So and now they're doing the same thing with vaccine deaths. So it, it, it's very tricky what they've done. And, and I have to admit, it's very clever. Um, but. What they've done is they've listed anybody who was within the first 14 days of getting the shot or their second shot even as unvaccinated. All right. So all these people that are dying from the jab, from these side effects and the heart attacks and the strokes and the blood clots, you name it, are listed as unvaccinated deaths. See how they did that? It's evil. These people are evil. You need to stop listening to them, all right? And 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 really, and I, I, I like to point out every once in a while, don't take my word for any of this stuff. That's why I list these articles and these studies so that you can do your own research, all right? Never take anybody's word for something. Learn about it for yourself. Get the information for yourself. Go to the source. Don't just read the news article. You know, like I, like I, I brought up in that first story, about the study in Israel. Click on the link for the study. Read it yourself. You may not understand a lot of the technical terminology, but at least you'll be familiar with the actual source document, right? Instead of being spoon-fed information from these news outlets, even the ones that you trust, even people like me, all right? So anyway, um, it, 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 the article says here, in 2020, the powers that be argued that government was accurate in its reporting of COVID deaths. Then, when we reported that only 6% of all COVID deaths had no comorbidities and COVID was the only cause, the powers that be freaked out. So there's the other thing is that the CDC actually admitted that 94% of the deaths uh, of people who died of COVID, and I put that in air quotes, had 
an average of 3.6 comorbidities, which means that they had an, on an average of roughly three things that were, that had them on death's door. All right. This, this could be, you know, stage four cancer or uh, cardiopulmonary hypertension. Um, you know, any, any number of things where people were about to die and then surprise, they test positive for COVID. So they died of COVID. So it's all been one big scam. All right. So once again, just pointing out the obvious that we knew for a very long time, and those of you who have been following the show from the beginning have known um, that it's just, it's, it's nothing but a big lie. So, and, and it, and it gives links to other stories in here that, that the gateway pundit has run over the years. Um, CDC quietly updates COVID-19 numbers. Only 9,210 Americans died from COVID-19 alone. The rest had other serious issues and illnesses. Then the next article is last weekend, we posted a viral report on COVID-19 numbers that was tweeted by the president. Now Democrats, their media and fact checkers are smearing us. Check out their response. Oh, fact checkers. You mean the opinion people, not the fact people. Right. Um, then there's a uh, another article in here. Huge um, Minnesota senator and doctor. Hospitals get paid more to list patients as COVID-19 and three times as much if the patient goes on a ventilator. That is true. They were getting, uh, I believe it was $13,000 to list a patient as having COVID-19 so they could ramp up these PCR tests, spin them at, at you know, a number above 20 some odd cycles to uh, get the false positive and then cha-ching, 13 grand per patient. And then if they could get them on a ventilator, whoo, even better, $36,000 per person on ventilator. And, and they were just cleaning house and they were forced in a way financially to do this because they had to shut down all of their, all of their uh, elective surgeries and, and other forms of, 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 of income, their revenue stream that these hospitals depend upon, All right, They don't just depend on treating this, the sick, a, a large portion of, of the money that comes into hospitals are, are from elective surgeries or knee surgeries or, you know, uh, things of that nature, you know, a cornea replacement, what have you. Okay. And so when that was taken away, they were put in a difficult position. Hospital administrators were. And I spoke to a former hospital administrator whom I know very well about this very thing. And yeah, he 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 uh, did indicate that that's exactly what was happening. So um, you should know by now, but uh, just in case you didn't, we wanted to bring this to your attention. Okay. So uh, our uh, Pfizer CEO says now a fourth dose of COVID vaccine may be needed sooner than expected because of the Omicron variant. But it was just a couple of weeks ago that he was pushing for a third dose. And so it's accelerating, right? And we can look to places like Israel who are at, you know, I think it's dose five or dose six um, that people have to have to take in order to be considered fully vaccinated or else their vaccine passport won't work, Right. So do you see, do you see the pattern? Do you see the system they're setting up here? They're setting up the, 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 the beast system is what it's called. It's much like the mark of the beast where without this mark, you can't travel or buy or sell or work or, or you name it. You know, you can't go grocery shopping. We'll be covering that in an upcoming article. So uh, things are getting really bad folks, but, but again, here you just see the ridiculous of this, the, the ridiculousness of this. 
if this shot worked, why would we need four doses of it, right? Five, six, seven, okay? It's not a vaccine, and it doesn't work. It's not safe. It's not effective. None of these things that they've been claiming it is, all right? It's, uh, you know, for example, I, you know, when I was a young child, before I remember, I was given the vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella. And that was one shot. That was it. I never had to get a booster next year or next month. Okay. Uh, so this is, this is complete nonsense that they keep going on and, 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 and expect us to believe that this drug actually works when in fact it doesn't. If you have to keep getting a booster every couple of months, the drug doesn't work. And what they're doing is further depleting your immune system and making you dependent upon using their drug for the rest of your life. And that's what they want. That's the big scam. That's big pharma's big scam. That's something I discovered back in 2006 when I was doing a, a great deal of research into this topic of the FDA and big pharma, big agriculture, the World Health Organization, and so forth. And what I found was, is that is big pharma is not interested in curing anything. There's no money in curing a disease. The money is in treatment. And if you can get somebody uh, on an ongoing treatment for the rest of their life, whoo, that's big money right there. And it's no wonder now that these companies are raking in billions and hundreds of billions of dollars uh, for this jab. And they're going to continue to do so as long as we let them. But uh, the sooner we realize, the sooner we wake up that that uh, to the fact that these drugs don't work, that they're experimental, they're dangerous, and uh, they they're just they're taking advantage of people, and they're and they're fleecing our governments for all these billions of dollars. Yeah, they say the shot is free. There's nothing free in this world, folks. Somebody's paying for that, and that somebody is you. You pay with your tax dollars. That's where your tax money is going. It's going to pay for these, to, to, to enrich these drug companies with a product for a product that doesn't work. And in fact, is killing people. We need to stop it. We need to say no, 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 no. And all of you out there who have had your first or second dose, say no. Time to stand up. Put your foot down and say, this is bull. We're not going to stand for it anymore. We're not going to put up with this crap. All right, now here's something I came across, which is um, we're sh shifting gears here, which is an interesting video. I'm gonna pull up the video here in just a second of Jane Goodall, who uh, was most well known for her work with primates in in the jungle, um, and she she essentially lived amongst apes and great apes for for quite a time, and, and wrote a book on it and so forth. Uh, you know, very well known and well respected. Uh, biologist and scientist. But in this video of her at the World Economic Forum, which is Klaus Schwab's outfit, all right, the globalist, the James Bond villain stunt double, um, this is his, his operation. She says that global issues wouldn't be a problem if human population was 94% lower. All right. So let's play that video right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pull that up for you right here, and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. This is just, 
it's uh, it's beyond disgusting what what she's uh, what she is talking about here. And so this is on Twitter. And here we go. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there were if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. We cannot. Yeah. And then in the in the note here uh, on Twitter, it says the world population at that time was 461 million. So she thinks we should get rid of the majority of people on planet Earth so that we won't have any more issues with the environment, which is also a complete fallacy. It's a farce. It's a lie. Human-caused global warming, global climate change, whatever you want to call it, is complete BS. And it's proven by ice core samples uh, that go back hundreds of thousands of years that show the ebbs and flows of, of CO2, of, of solar activity, the what's known as the maunder maximum or maunder minimum um, that, that affects the temperature of the planet. All these things affect the temperature of the planet. And in fact, our planet was in a better position during times of, of, of more CO2, not less. All right, because CO2 leads to plant growth, which leads to more oxygen for human beings and so forth. They're trying to take that away. They're trying to kill the ecosystem by removing CO2 from the equation. And next they're going to say, and what they're saying here, is the biggest emitters of CO2 are human beings. So we should just kill them all. And perhaps that's what is going on here with these jabs. They're killing an awful lot of people so far. And they're trying to inoculate every single human being on Earth. So perhaps that's that is the objective, right? Is using these jabs to kill everybody so that we can get back to this this equilibrium, so to speak. All right. Uh, now the reason I bring up um, the number that she talks about, four hundred sixty-one million, it's very close to something that was um, engraved on a set of stones at a place called uh, the Georgia Guidestones. And this is in uh, a county in northeast Georgia. That's the state of Georgia in the United States. And the Georgia Guidestones were erected in 1980 in Elbert County by a mysterious man that goes by the name uh, R.C. Christian. That's a, a pseudonym for the person who, who built these. But the one thing that stands out to me and to, to many people um, is the first and most well-known inscription on here. It says, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And so, again, here are these anti-humanists, what you might call, you know, satanic, end of the world, uh, destroyers of everything. They want to kill off the majority of the population, 95% of the population. So uh, there you have it, folks. So here's the correlation between what they're talking about at the World Economic Forum and a set of uh, guidestones, which were erected 40 some odd years ago now, calling for essentially the extermination of the human race. 
just apps. These people are absolutely evil. They all must be brought to justice as soon as possible. They all need to be arrested for crimes against humanity, for for genocide, uh, mass murder, because that's exactly what they are participating in. It's uh, God help us. God help us. So I will include that, of course, in the show notes section. Now, here's here's something interesting. Um, it's a, it's an article in a publication called American Conservative Movement, and the title of the article is "Will Governments Survive the Coming Peasant Revolt?" So this is kind of a continuation of what I was just talking about. Of people standing up and saying, no, we've had enough. We're not going to put up with this crap anymore. And I, I, I'd like to read the article to you um, because it, it just covers so many great things and so many great points that, that I couldn't just make on my own. So, uh, so here we go. Let's talk big picture here. Why has the world been turned on its head these last few years? Why does it seem as if everything true is labeled false and everything false is labeled true? Why is it that, even in the absence of all-out global war, everything feels chaotic and uncertain these days? Why is it that, at the height of global prosperity and peace, the world is going mad? What if I were to tell you that what we are experiencing has nothing to do with events currently unfolding in the present, and everything to do with a future event that sits just over the horizon? What if I told you that everything the titans of government, finance, and technology do today is in preparation for something they are desperate to prevent tomorrow. What if I told you that this looming disaster for those who hold power now would one day be known as the global revolt of the peasants? Would all the craziness around us make a little more sense if you knew that the only thing our leaders actually fear is we? Let's start with three premises. One, all governing systems, political, financial, technocratic, operate to preserve and expand their power. Two, catastrophic governing failure leads to complete loss of power for those in charge. Three, governing systems in the process of failing to compensate by eliminating competition and increasing overall control. In other words, Even the most free and dynamic social systems degrade over time, as the people who govern those systems distort them in pursuit of greater personal wealth and power. Corrupted systems eventually lead to breakdown and collapse. As collapse nears, social systems become so vulnerable to unsanctioned actions and ideas that they close themselves off. Freedom is replaced with tyranny. This is by design. If... Post-World War II Western governance has a creed. It is this. Increased taxation and increased regulation increase both asset wealth and inequality. By taxing labor, the value of hard work has plummeted. By regulating anything and everything, the entry costs for any new entrepreneur have skyrocketed. And because the Industrial Revolution's trends towards producing more and varied innovations at cheaper costs have hit the roadblock of government interference, fewer innovations, less competition, and increased monopoly ownership have logically resulted. 
Instead of assets going down in value over time as they are produced, they actually increase in value as it becomes harder to produce them. While people with assets see gains in wealth, people depending on income to survive have experienced more difficulty affording what is produced. This is why inequality has surged in the United States, when America was not long ago the nation with the greatest intergenerational social mobility in the world. But the government has had an answer to this misery. Simply tax people more in return for the promise to create a welfare system that pays off in the future. See what those with power did here? They actually stole from people who work for a living in return for nothing more than future promises to make them whole. And what happened with this extra tax revenue? Well, most of it got quickly spent buying things that the wealthy own and sell, thereby driving up the value of assets held by the rich while increasing the cost of ordinary goods to regular workers. The government used its power to steal from your paycheck, transfer that wealth to businesses owned by a small moneyed class, and artificially drive up prices, all while promising a future welfare payment that you may or may not receive decades in the future. This is how socialism's Ponzi scheme works. You see that, folks? I'm just taking a side note here. That's exactly, in, a, in the most extreme fashion, what's been occurring over these last two years. All right, so back to the article. But stealing an individual worker's labor wasn't enough to sate the avarice of big government and big business. Budgets grew bigger than tax revenues could afford, and the system of stealing from the peasants to enrich the lords was threatened. So what did the system do to preserve power? It decoupled the dollar from any tangible value in the real world by ending the gold standard. This was done in 1971 by pre then President Nixon. Now, paper dollars were worth more than the value of the paper only if people shared the delusion, or at least accept their government's assurances, that paper is a value is as valuable as gold. This is known as fiat or faith, faith currency, fiat currency. Without anything tethering the dollar to real-world assets, the government giddily used up the last half-century to print and spend dollars until the value of a dollar today is worth only two cents compared to 1971. They've stolen 98% of our wealth. Again, those who own assets have seen their wealth in terms of dollars artificially rise, while those who work on salary have suffered as everything has gotten more expensive. As we're seeing here since Joe Biden came into office, uh, markedly so. Local, state, and national debts ballooned. The rich benefited enormously. The middle class fell into poverty, and the fuse of an unavoidable debt bomb triggering a future financial collapse got lit. Everything the government does today is about lengthening that fuse in order to delay the explosion while preparing for the aftermath once it goes boom. So, how does a governing system survive catastrophic failure of its own making? It consciously causes diversion, excuse me, division in society, distracts people with propaganda, and diligently replaces freedom with control. If prices are going up, that's because capitalism is evil and free markets promote white supremacy and patriarchy. Equity is the answer, of course, and only government can provide equity the people need. Don't you know that private industry and ownership are ruining the planet? 
It's true. Consumerism is boiling the world, and we're all going to die unless we willfully return to the living standards of the Middle Ages. Experts say so. What do you mean uncontrolled illegal immigration is tearing communities apart and destroying the common bonds of shared culture? That's racist. Multiculturalism and diversity are our strengths. If a population influx happens to cause social friction while putting deflationary pressure on low-paying wages and mitigating the actu actuarial, <laughs> mitigating the actuarial insolvency of the welfare system, that's completely coincidental. Believe me, wealthy elites worry about the plight of the weary immigrant more than they care about their own happiness. That's why the doors of their gated communities, country clubs, and private schools are always open to those in need. Do you know what the global COVID-19 pandemic has exposed? The absolute need for governments to work hand in glove with big tech to eliminate harmful misinformation, regulate communication, and create a new digital passport system that can be used to catalog each individual's movements, purchases, and interactions. Thank goodness we had this health scare, or people would never have learned how much they need to be controlled. Responsible people deserve to be rewarded. Those who do as the government commands may work and eat. Those who promote good science should be allowed extra servings of freedom. That's why it is imperative that a social credit system be instituted to benefit the virtuous and punish the wicked. Don't call it government-enforced political correctness or the end of free speech or digital authoritarianism on steroids. This is nothing like the totalitarianism of the last century. This time, it's for the people's own good because their leaders have only their best interests at heart. Individualism is selfish. Obedience will set you free. In other words, the best way to survive the coming peasant revolt is to turn the peasants against each other, scare them into submission, and convince them to imprison themselves. It's still a hell of a gamble. Truth and freedom, even when smothered, have a tendency to burn back brighter when under assault. Is it possible the Davos crowd is so confident in its powers to shape history that it's ignored everything history has taught? Catastrophic system failure lies just beyond the horizon. Something big must happen next. Oh, I'm getting chills just reading that article. Amazing, amazing stuff right there, folks. Uh, author's name is J.B. Shirk. And again, that's from the American Conservative Movement. And I will post that for your perusal on the show notes section. But he makes a lot of good points in that article uh, that, that are very salient to what is going on today. It's, it's becoming very, very apparent that the elite, the people behind this, are scrambling to hold on to their power. And that's why we're seeing these really you know, sporadic, irrational mandates and, and other things of that nature uh, because they see their grip on power slipping away. And, and the more that they try to hold on to it, the worse they're making it for themselves. And the easier it's becoming for us to see what they're doing, to see the man behind the curtain, to see that the king has no clothes. And, and, in, and in doing so, and in becoming aware, this is the first step, we understand that there is a problem. We know how the problem is being caused. And the next step is finding a solution to that problem. And that's where we're at right now. In fact, uh, this next um, this next 
this next article um, is is uh, by by a name a, a man named Henry McCall, and it's called a timetable to tyranny. So this ties in with what we were just talking about here. He says uh, we are approaching stage five, phase five, establish chaos and martial law. November 2021 to March 2022. And most people still think we are going back to normal. So he starts off, we go to the pathway to the new world order. Phase one, simulate a threat and create fear. That was December 2019 to March 2020. They mount a pandemic in China, kill tens of thousands of elderly, increase the number of cases and deaths. Position vaccination is the only solution from the beginning. Focus all attention on COVID-19. Result is almost general panic. Phase two, which is March 2020 to December 2020. Sow the tares and division. Impose multiple unnecessary liberticidal and unconstitutional coercive measures. Paralyze trade in the economy. Observe the submission of a majority and the resistance of a rebellious minority stigmatize the rebels and create a horizontal division censoring dissent leaders punish disobedience generalize pcr tests create confusion between cases infected sick hospitalized and dead disqualify all effective treatments hope for a rescue vaccine the result is almost general panic phase three bring a treacherous and deadly solution that's december 2020 to june 2021 Offer a free vaccine for everyone. Promise protection and return to normality. Establish a herd immunization target. Simulate a partial recovery of the economy. Hide statistics of side effects and deaths from injections. Passing off the side effects of the injections as natural effects of the virus and the disease. Recover the notion of variant as a natural mutation of the virus. Justify the maintenance of coercive measures by not applying the herd immunity threshold. Punish healthy, uh, excuse me, punish health professionals for the illegal exercise of care and healing. And the result is doubts and feelings of betrayal amongst the vaccinated and discouragement amongst opponents. Phase four, um, install apartheid and the QR code. That's June, 2021 to October, 2021. And we're seeing this play out around the world. Voluntarily plan for shortages, impose the vaccination pass QR code to reward the vaccinated and punish the hesitant or the resistant. Create an apartheid of the privileged against the others. Take away the right to work or study from non-vaccinated persons, withdraw basic services from the non-vaccinated, impose PCR payment tests on non-vaccinated. Result, first stage of digital control, impoverishment of opponents. opponents. Uh, We'll go on to phase five and phase six here. Uh, This is the end part of it. Phase five, establish chaos and martial law, November 2021 to March 2022. And we're going to cover these uh, articles here in just a second uh, that, that, that talk about this exact thing. So exploit the shortage of goods and food, cause the paralysis of the real economy and the closure of factories and shops. Let unemployment explode. Apply a third dose of the vax or boosters. Take up the murder of the living old men. I think what he means by that is, is uh, do away with the elderly because they are a burden, a financial burden on society because of their uh, 
their promised social security, right? That we we're talking about in the last article, that, that future benefit that they steal from you now and promise to give to you later. But what they do in the end is they just kill you and don't pay you anything. Biggest scam in history, folks. Uh, they impose, uh, next is impose compulsory vaccination for all. Amplify the myth of variants, the efficacy of the vaccine, and the immunity of the herd. Demonize the anti-vaxxed and hold them responsible for the dead. Arrest opposition leaders. Impose digital identity for everyone. Birth certificate, ID document, passport, driver license, health insurance card, etc. Establish martial law to defeat the opposition. And result? Second stage of digital control. Imprisonment or, rem imprisonment or removal of opponents. And then finally, stay, uh, phase six, which is from March 2022 to September 2022, trigger the economic, financial, and stock market collapse and the bankruptcy of the banks. To rescue the losses of the banks in the accounts of their clients, activate the Great Reset, dematerialize money, cancel debts and loans, impose a digital portfolio or digital wallet, seize properties and land, ban all global medicines, Confirm the obligation to vaccinate semi-annually or annually. Impose food rationing and a diet based on Codex Alimentarius. And that's something that you should read along with uh, Agenda 21 by the, by, by the United Nations. Uh, Codex Alimentarius essentially is they've, how they've changed our diet. Like here in the United States, we have something called the food pyramid. And, and we have... Um, what is known as uh, the, the, your, your, your daily value of nutrition, right? And so what was once the minimum of, of vitamins and minerals and things that you need to be healthy uh, then became the recommended dosage of vitamins, minerals, and so forth. So you're getting the absolute minimum and people think that, well, I'm getting the, the 100% of, of what is recommended to, to be healthy. And that's wrong. You're getting the absolute minimum of what you need. And that's in Codex Alimentarius. So I suggest reading that. In fact, I will uh, try to find a copy and put a link as well into the show notes section here. Okay. And it goes on to say, extending the measures to emerging countries and result third stage of digital control, extension of the NOM to the whole planet. That's uh, Novus Ordo Mass. Translated means new world order. So... Wow. Great outline by this guy. Um, seems quite prophetic when you look back on some of the um, some of the elements and looking forward, it looks as if that is where we're headed. Um, so talking about uh, what, exactly what he was talking about right here, right here now in Canada. Um, no jab, no food. Canadian province imposes new regulations to ban unvaccinated from grocery stores. So before, and they were saying here in places around the world in the United States that uh, you can't go to cafes and restaurants and theaters and gyms or sporting events, but you can still go to the grocery store because that's, that's essential. We'll let you do that. You know, if you're unvaccinated, you can still do that. Well, as I predicted, as many people predicted, they would rescind that right as well. And now here we have it in Canada, um, people in New Brunswick since Saturday, are now required to show proof of full vaccination in public. Failure to provide proof of full vaccination will result in citizens being banned from entering grocery stores to buy food. They're doing this in the middle of winter. These people are evil. Evil. Capital E-V-I-L, evil. Uh, 
So they've got a total of uh, 752 active cases, 69 new cases, 47 piece people in hospital, and 18 of them in ICU with 11 on ventilators. And now they are blocking the unvaccinated from getting provisions to uh, sustain themselves during the dark of winter. Canada is ripe for revolution, as are many countries. Um, you're seeing that in, in, in Austria, same sort of thing. Now they've ramped it up to not only can you not buy groceries, but you'll be thrown in jail for being unvaccinated and fined excessively. So, um, and in addition to that, you will have to bear the cost of your incarceration. How kind of them. So child rapists and murderers and pedophiles and, and so forth, uh, 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 the state pays for that. The taxpayer pays for that. But if you choose to uh, exercise bodily autonomy, we're going to make you pay for your own incarceration. Again, evil, 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 evil. It, I, there's no other way to describe it. it. says Austrians are pleading for the world to help and their rapidly emerging police state. The county's vaccine mandate law will take effect February 1st, 2022, and vaccinated people, including children as young as 14, can be fined up to 2,000 euros each, uh, each time they are caught. Wow. In addition, the government can ticket the same individual several times a day. <laughs> if you refuse to pay your fine, you'll be thrown in a special prison for unvaccinated people for up to a year. Wow. Wow. Uh, the article goes on. I, I won't go into all of the detail here, but uh, suffice to say, it is it's authoritarianism at its worst. Um, but the people in Austria are not having it. Check this out: No to vaccine fascism. Tens of thousands protest march. Uh, protesters march in Vienna to stop the lockdowns and COVID vaccine mandates. Kudos to you. Good for you people. 44,000 people took to the streets to protest this past weekend on Saturday. That was yesterday, rather. Um, congratulations for standing up. I, I love every single one of you for doing that. And, and everyone around the world needs to be doing this. It's coming to where you are, folks. Have no illusions. They're rolling it out in these countries where they know they can get away with it first. And they're saving the countries where they know there will be significant pushback for last. All right. Places like the United States, but places where they disarmed their citizens, Australia, Austria, Canada, uh, Germany. All right. They are going full steam ahead with uh, this this uh, this just destruction of civil society. I mean, they're, they're trying to trigger war here, folks. They really are. They're asking for it. And what they want to do is to get us to kill each other. What we really need to do is get together with our law enforcement, with our judicial system, with good judges and good cops and good sheriffs and go and arrest these people for crimes against humanity and take our countries back. It's time to take them back. Form a citizen grand jury. That's what that's what myself and a group of uh, others are doing here in Los Angeles. We're forming a citizen grand jury to. Um, produce evidence and an indictment of uh, people involved in this sort of activity. And then we're going to present that to a, uh, a district attorney here that is sympathetic to our side, to our cause. And then hopefully he will then take that and form his own legitimate grand jury 
and indict these people and have them arrested by our L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva, who is also a patriot and a lover of freedom and respecter, if that is a word, uh, of the law, of the Constitution. So we need to find you need to find those people in your community, get together with them, formulate a plan and arrest these maniacs before they plunge us into civil war. So um, kind of rounding out uh, the news, some additional items here. Uh, here's an example of propaganda and gaslighting by the mainstream media. This is out of uh, NBC News, the Today Show. All kids should be screened for possibility of sudden cardiac arrest, group says. <laughs> you see that, folks? See, all of a sudden now, kids are at risk from sudden cardiac arrest. I wonder why that is. Could it be that they are be given, they're, 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 they're being given a, a drug that causes cardiac arrest? Myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, strokes, heart attacks. Huh? Is that possible? I mean, is it possible because the drug makers are, are, have added a drug called tromethamine to the jab, which uh, actually helps mitigate against heart attacks and heart-related issues? Um, do, do, do you see the puzzle being put together? We, we covered tromethamine uh, a few weeks ago on this show, and that's something that Pfizer and Moderna are adding to their jab, um, unapproved, by the way, by the FDA. They're just adding it. Didn't go through trials, didn't, didn't, wasn't tested. Um, but they found out that their drug was giving too many people heart attacks and killing too many people. So to try to keep it, uh, on the low end of things, they've added this uh, additional drug called tromethamine to their vaccine jabs and for the kids, right? So they're, they're trying to hide it. They're trying to hide that, that these vaccines are going to start giving kids heart attacks. This is sad, man. This is this is unconscionable. This is criminal. They are they are killing our children. They're sacrificing our children to their demon god, Satan. That's what this is, folks. Have no illusions. Evil is real. And I'll cover that another day. But I've had my own personal experiences with evil. I've seen it firsthand. Demons. I'm talking about literal demons. They exist. That is, that is no joke. That's not some fiction made up in, in the Bible. All right. And not to say that the Bible's a fictional account. I, I'm just saying that a lot of people will say, well, that's, you know, that's allegory. That's, you know, a story meant to kind of uh, describe the, the, the struggle between good and evil amongst humans. And we project these things into other off-world entities like angels or demons. And, and there's some war going on. Um, you know, no, it's not an allegory, folks. It's real. It's legitimately real. So uh, here we have an example of that. They're, they're trying to kill our kids. We need to stop these maniacs now, now. Um, and of course, in the UK, uh, uh, up to 300,000 are suddenly facing heart problems, which to doctors, in quotes, claim is due to pandemic stress. No mention of the vaccine. So they've got this, this new thing they're, they're calling a um, post-pandemic post-pandemic stress syndrome or PPSD. So they're saying that uh, a 4.5% rise in cardiovascular cases nationally is because of the effects of PPSD. 
uh, with those aged between 30 and 45 are most at risk, they claim. Really? So um, otherwise, healthy people who weren't subject to uh, heart disease uh, in, in the range of 30 to 45 years old are now all of a sudden at high risk after having taken the vaccine. But they're not mentioning the vaccine. It's not the vaccine. It's post-COVID traumatic stress disorder, post-pandemic tra uh, traumatic stress disorder. What a load of crap. This is what I'm talking about. This is the, this is the propaganda, the lies, the gaslighting. And the reason I bring up these articles is because I, I want to educate you in, in identifying these things so that when you read them in your local newspaper or see it on your local news, which you shouldn't be watching, we talked about this, when you see it, you will identify it as such and be able to spot the lies, be able to spot the propaganda. And that's exactly what this is, propaganda. All right. Um, now, uh, switching gears again, this is a follow-up to um, something we covered a couple of months ago. Our guest, Mitchell Gerber, who is an uh, is a, a investigative reporter on the ground in Vietnam. He's been covering the atrocities of the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, rather, um, over the past 25 years of their their crimes against humanity against the Uyghur Muslims. And they've been uh, doing forced organ harvesting of these people and selling them to the highest bidders. And many of which are uh, well-known celebrities and politicians from around the world. But uh, now, uh, and I'm really surprised that NBC news is reporting on this. I mean, they're not known for, for uh, uh, digging up anything of importance that they're mostly reporting on BS, but um uh, according to this article, it says China's government has committed genocide and crimes against humanity against the Uyghur people. A public tribunal set up by a prominent British human rights lawyer concluded on Thursday. So um, in it, they released a 63-page tribunal judgment, which, uh, again, this is something I recommend that you link to or follow this link and read it for yourself. Inform yourself, educate yourself uh, as to what they found. and. Um, this this is good news, folks. It's it's coming to light. You've got um, even basketball players out here in the United States. There's a guy named Enos Cantor, who now, uh, since he's become a United States citizen, goes by the last name Freedom. Gotta love it. Uh, but he's stood up against the atrocities committed by the Chinese government. And whereas most people like LeBron James, who's also a well-known basketball star, uh, have have sought to suppress and hide and kowtow and and bow down to the CCP all for the almighty dollar. But Cantor's not having it. He's a uh, oh, freedom rather. He's not having it. And kudos to him for standing up. And 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 we need to see more of this. You know, we've got these lawyers standing up here. We've got him standing up. And now it turns out that guess who else is involved? Anthony Fauci. The National Institutes of Health Funding Connected to Chinese Military and Organ Harvesting. Well, well, well. Fauci again in the middle of genocide. Imagine that. Imagine that. When are we going to arrest this maniac? How much more evidence do we need to take this guy out? Put him in prison. Execute him. After, of course, his trial, 
You know, I'm not saying summary execution. Don't go out and shoot him. They you know don't don't make him a martyr. Let's arrest this bastard. Try him, convict him, execute him. That's what needs to happen. These people are sick. Again, evil, 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 evil. Oh, boy, oh boy, folks. Okay. And um, and if you didn't think that they were COVID concentration camps, well, they are. In Australia, police arrested quarantine escapees. All right. So at the Howard Springs facility, which is uh, in the state of Victoria, Australia, uh, we covered this uh, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of folks escaped, but cops tracked them down. And they show a picture here for our listeners of um, a gated, like, sally port entry with barbed wire fences and guards. Uh, I can't tell whether or not they're armed. I, I imagine they might be. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is not a medical treatment facility. This is a prison. This is a prison camp for the unvaccinated, for the suspected COVID carriers of this scary disease with the 99.97% survival rate. This is insanity, insanity, insanity. Um, and, 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 and one more example, before we get to some videos, I want to share some videos with you um, to close out the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy these videos, but just another example of even the most leftist and and uh, of 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 publications the atlantic is finally acknowledging that the pandemic of the invax of the vaccinated is a reality it's not the pandemic of the unvaccinated right and so i won't go into all the details of this article but i just wanted to show you as an example of a publication that was uh, previously did not acknowledge that the vaccine was an issue and that the unvaccinated were the real issue when in fact it is a pandemic of the vaccinated and will continue to be for some time. All right. So getting to our final segment here, a couple of interesting videos uh, that I think you're really going to dig. I'm with some issues with our technical here. Um, no, that's not going to help. Ah, screw it. Anyway, uh, getting to the uh, to the videos, you're going to like this first one. There's uh, this is the the um, the CEO of BioNTech. All right, his name is Ugur Sahin, and in this video. He says a couple of things now. Well, actually, the guy interviewing him—I don't know if this is a Freudian slip or or what it is—but uh, just listen to what he says right here. You don't particularly that you're not particularly fond of answering personal questions, but you and your wife, Dr. Tuachi, you play such a central role in the development of the virus. How does did you did you hear that? You play such a central role in the development of the virus. Rewind that real quick and listen to it again. What's this feel? Uh, uh, it um, it feels, of uh, course, we that they can get access uh, to our vaccine. Allow me a personal question. Here I, we go. I know that you don't particularly that you're not particularly fond of answering personal questions, but you and your wife, Dr. Tuachi, you play such a central role in the development of the virus. How does this feel? <laughs> 
how does it feel to develop the virus? Now, I don't know if that was a Freudian slip, if he meant to say vaccine or not, but uh, I think it is something interesting to note. Now, there's also another uh, interesting uh, portion of this video a little further on where he says that he's he's not allowed to get vaccinated. Listen to this. This, this is accomplished. I have heard that you yourself have not taken the, uh, the vaccine yet. Why not? So I am, I am uh, legally not allowed to take the vaccine at the moment. We, of course, consider uh, to make that possible. It is more important for us that our co-workers and partners uh, get vaccinated. So we, our goal is to produce more than 1.3 billion doses. In. Yeah, enough from you. Yeah, so I love how he just worms his way out of getting vaccinated while it's being imposed upon the rest of us. What a creep. What a total creep. All right. Uh, moving on to our next video is, um, let's see. Let's see what we've got here. Ah, um, right. So we're going to, we're going to bring you one out of Canada here. Um, and this is actually quite, quite critical. Uh, it's talking about the effects of the vaccine on pregnant women. And, and in Canada, we're seeing an increased amount of um, stillbirths from women in Canada. And this was brought up to the Canadian Parliament uh, in Ontario, Canada. So let's listen to this. Thanks, Speaker. My question is to the Minister of Health. Late last year, my daughter was expecting her first child. Initially, doctors had recommended against expecting women getting vaccinated. As any dad should do, I told her not to get the vaccine, and she complied. Thankfully, on Valentine's Day, she gave birth to a healthy baby girl, Shiloh. I shed tears of joy. But a few months later, doctors said it was okay to get the vaccine while pregnant. What testing had been done to ensure the safety of both the mother and their unborn baby? But now, Minister, I shed tears of sorrow. In the Waterloo area, 86 stillbirths have occurred from January to July, and normally it's roughly one stillbirth every two months. But here's the kicker. Mothers of stillbirth babies were fully vaccinated. And you've clearly said on numerous occasions that the vaccines are safe. So Minister, what do you say to the doctors who told expecting women it was okay to get fully vaccinated? And what should they tell the mothers who deliver a stillborn baby? Now, I'm gonna pause it right there because the response now that comes from this, this member of parliament is, incredulous i i can't believe that she, she she just brushes right over it and again gaslights doesn't even answer the question doesn't address the issue that it's normally one to two stillbirths um and now it's 86 86 to listen to this this is just incredible the, 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 these people believe that we actually buy this bs here we go Mr. health thank you very much speaker and first uh, congratulations to you for the uh birth of your grandchild. Uh, that is wonderful news, but it is also safe. It has been tested. We are recommending that women who are pregnant do receive the vaccine for the protection of themselves, protection of their baby as well. And that is uh, has been proven. It has been accepted by the uh, Health Canada, by the World Health Organization, by the FDA. Um, and this is something that we want to make sure that we can protect everyone. Women who are pregnant is entirely safe and recommended 
for them to receive the vaccine for themselves, their own protection, the safety of their loved ones, and the safety of the community. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Even after he just said that, oh, it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Blah, 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 blah. That's just this little, the little line they keep uh, parroting throughout the, this whole thing. It's not safe. It's not effective. People are dying. Children are dying. Babies are being born dead. He just pointed it out. Yet this woman has the audacity to stand up in front and, and lie, lie to the people. Under, I, I, it's not under oath, but I, I would imagine. I mean, you're in a you're in a hall of parliament. You know, you expected to speak the truth. Unfreaking believable, man. Okay. Um, on a on a follow up to that, there's a person, a gentleman, another doctor in another part of Canada, who um, who is um, who found the same thing. So there's definitely a a, cor- a correlation. And correlation doesn't always mean causation, but uh, in this case, I think it might. So uh, here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, listen to this doctor. He he concurs with what the other doctors found. Doctor Mel Bruche. He has contacts all through Vancouver, and some doulas who work in women and children's hospitals. They had 13 stillbirths in a 24-hour period. We know that 13 babies died. It says my grandson was just stillborn at a Vancouver hospital at eight and a half months into the pregnancy. In Waterloo, Ontario, I have a more reliable statistic that there was 86 stillbirths between January and July. And normally, it's only one, it's only five or six stillbirths every year. So about one stillbirth every two months is the usual rate. So to suddenly get to 86 stillbirths in six months, that's highly unusual. But the confirmation, the most important confirmation that we have from the Waterloo, Ontario report was that all of the 86 stillbirths were fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated mothers. That's right. All right. Well, there you go, folks. So more evidence that these vaccines are causing damage to uh, to human beings and are killing people, unborn or not. Um, and, and, and what I will also bring up here as our final video um, is, is another example of correlation and potential causation. This is something that was um, addressed early on by uh, some, some, some fringe groups. And I personally, um, I explored it. I didn't really quite accept it. Um, I didn't, there wasn't enough evidence for me to, to get behind this and report it. Um, but in this report from Greg Reese, uh, who's reesereport.com, you can also be found at Infowars or band.video, that's B-A-N-N-E-D.video. You can find his reports. And this one in particular covers, uh, the correlation between 5G, that's the, the new fifth generation uh, cellular you know, technology transfer rollout. And um, in this video, uh, he makes an, an extremely good case 
for uh, for that for that actually happening. So uh, let's let's go ahead and watch that, and then we'll wrap the show. Here we go. It's about four minutes long. Research conducted by Beverly Rubick from the College of Integrative Medicine and Health Sciences in California and Robert Brown from the Department of Radiology at Hammett Hospital in Pennsylvania, recently published online at NIH.gov, provides scientific evidence that 5G played a role in the COVID-19 pandemic. The authors began their research based on the correlation between COVID-19 and international communities that recently established 5G networks. COVID-19 began in Wuhan, China in December 2019, shortly after 5G had gone live on October 31st. Outbreaks soon followed in areas where 5G had been implemented. In May of 2020, Vladimir Mordachev reported a statistically significant correlation between the intensity of RF radiation and the mortality from SARS-CoV-2 in 31 countries throughout the world. Cases and deaths were statistically higher in states and major cities with 5G infrastructure. What the authors of this study found was that both 5G and COVID cause deleterious effects on red blood cells and reduced hemoglobin levels. They both cause oxidative stress, cellular damage, and organ damage. Low levels of 5G can compromise the immune system, and daily exposure produces immunosuppression or immune dysregulation, including hyperactivation. 5G exposure enhances the infectivity of COVID and contributes to its inflammatory processes and thrombosis. Both 5G and COVID-19 can cause and complicate cardiac disorders. The authors present their work as evidence that 5G may have exacerbated the COVID pandemic by weakening host immunity and increasing SARS-CoV-2 virulence. Many of us reported on this over a year ago and were silenced as conspiracy theorists. Officially, we are told that 5G is necessary for the future Internet of Things, a world run by artificial intelligence in which humanity no longer matters. But why would we trust anything from these globalist criminal parasites? Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Wow. Thank you for watching. Great, great report there by Greg Reese. And um, uh, I will leave a link to that so that you can share it with your uh, your friends and family as well. Um, should uh, should you find that interesting and informative? Well, that's our show for today, folks. Uh, once again, I'd like to remind you, if you like what we do here at the Free America podcast, please consider visiting um our, our website, freeamericapodcast.com. And if you click on the more button right here at the top and click on support, um, you'll be taken to a page where you can make a contribution, either using Patreon or PayPal. You can also contribute to us by supporting our sponsors and affiliates by buying their products or services. And in doing so, uh, a commission 
or, you know, will be paid to the Free America podcast. So that's one way you can help keep Free America podcast on the air. And of course, please do consider uh, signing up um, as a, uh, as a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, get on our mailing list in case something goes wrong. Subscribe. That's the word I was looking for. Be sure to subscribe to freeamericapodcast.com. I promise I'm not going to blow up your inbox with emails and, and, and the like. I just want a way to be able to reach out to you in case any of these platforms goes down in the future. And I'll be able to tell you where you can find us from there. And uh, also you can contact us. So if you have an idea for the show, or if you'd like to come on the show as a guest, please uh, use the contact area, contact us area right here and shoot us an email and we'll be sure to uh, sure to respond. So once again, thank you folks for joining us for this 72nd episode of the Free America podcast. And as we are getting close to the end of the year here, I'd just like to remind you that um, let's let's take a moment to appreciate our friends and our family and those people that are in our lives right now, um, especially around the holiday season. It's important to do that and because you never know when this whole thing could come crashing down or these people might pass away either from um, the vaccine or from some new strain that they unleash upon us. So um, please do give your love to your friends and family and continue to fight for freedom because without freedom, folks, the only thing we have left is tyranny and uh, nobody wants that. So stay safe, stay free. Good night, everybody.